Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. We're in this series um, uh, talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And so we're going to start by reading in Galatians 5, 22 to 23. And it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it says there is no law against these things. I don't see anything on that list where I don't want more of it in my life. There's nothing on that list where I'm like, I want to get rid of some of that or I want to pass that on to someone else. It's all things that I want and, and, and I need in my life. And, and as believers, whether, whether you've walked in here today and you might make a decision for God today or you've, you've walked into a church 40, 50, 60 years ago, well before I was even a thought in my parents' mind, you know, if, if, if you've stuck with the faith, these things have, have come along for you with the journey. The fruit of the Spirit. There's no way that you can be a born-again Christian and not produce fruit and not start to step into these things. And I think it's amazing, and uh, I would love to preach on all of these, but today I get the choice, or I get the opportunity to preach on, on faithfulness. And, and I'm very honoured by the words that Pastor Ed um, mentioned before um, about myself and serving faithful here. And it was through difficult seasons, and I'll share a bit of that this morning. Uh, but before we move into faithfulness, I just want to talk about a few things about fruit trees, and these may have been covered in uh, messages previously from Pastor Ed or Matt Sibley or even Lindsay Clark, I believe, was here earlier this year and, and talking about this fruitfulness. But uh, uh, being in South Australia now, uh, in, a, in a town where in about two months' time the temperature won't come above 10 degrees for about three months of the year, I have the opportunity of growing a lot of different fruit in the spiritual, uh, sorry, in the physical, not necessarily in the spiritual. So we have grapevines in our house, which we were getting kilos and kilos of grapes off and working out what we have to do with these, and apple trees and, and pears and all sorts of things that I'm now able to grow in my, in my house, in my yard, and to feed my family. And I've learned a few things about fruit trees along the road, uh, along the line. Every fruit tree produces fruit in its season. And so uh, I can't go to my apple tree, which had fruit on it three months ago, and produce fruit for me right now. But that's probably the only way it's unlike the fruit of the Spirit. We can, we can have the fruit of the Spirit with us constantly. But, you know, there's a season where we need each and every one of these to shine through in our life above and beyond. Um, tomorrow morning when we leave at 4 o'clock to drive our kids back down, two days back down to Adelaide, that's over 24 hours worth of driving, you know that I'm going to call on the, uh, the fruit of patience and the fruit of self-control. Right, because I am going to need that fruit. Um, I'm going to need to stay faithful to my, my role as a father because uh, I could easily get angry when, it's, uh, when we're only two hours in and, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Can we stop for breakfast? No, we've already had breakfast twice already. Um, who knows? I'm get, there's going to be a season for that fruit. But right now, I don't need patience for my kids because someone else has got it next door. Right? <laughs> someone else is dealing with that fruit in their lives right now. So fruit is in seasons. Uh, and also another thing is the, true, the, the tree doesn't necessarily benefit from its own fruit. My apple tree at home doesn't eat its own apples for breakfast. The apple tree, if it drops, we've actually got a few that have come up around it, and they're actually going to compete for the space of that original apple tree. So it, so that, it doesn't benefit that, that tree at all to produce fruit that produces a seed that reproduces I believe Ed spoke earlier, and I've listened to some of the podcasts as he talked, the fruit has the purpose of reproduction and produce, reproduce and produce. And uh, neither of those things actually benefit that tree. It's completely for the benefit of someone else. Uh, When we eat a fruit or an apple, it benefits us. It doesn't benefit the tree. And I believe there's 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 a similarity there with the fruits of the Spirit. 
tomorrow when I'm having patience with my kids, it doesn't benefit me. In fact, it's going to take a lot. It's going to, actually, it's harder for me to have patience and not lash out and yell at my kids than it is for me to just do that, get it over and done with you every other way. The patience is actually benefiting my children. And so when I have a, a joy in my life, and, and, and many of you know Michaela, and she's like one of these people that just carries joy with her everywhere, right? She'll come home sometimes to me and go, oh, so worn out. I'm like, where's the joy for me? But she carries that joy, and then everyone else grabs joy off of her. And so that fruit in her life is actually for other people to gain. And so the faithfulness of a parent raising up a child, you're faithful to the Lord and you're faithful in things, like that faithfulness is going to benefit your child in the long run. That faithfulness of serving in your church, of, of serving in a community, of looking out for others, that's going to benefit the other person in the long run. Fruit is not for the benefit of the tree or benefit of us, it's for the benefit of others. A lot of energy goes into developing fruit. Um, they say with a citrus fruit, if you go to grow it, cut the, the buds off for the first two years to get a big fruit. Otherwise, you get a, like I've got in my yard, little trees like this that have got four fruit on them, and that's it. So if you, want, if you want big fruit, it takes a lot of energy. And so if you want big things in your life, it's going to take a long time. And so you don't have to feel this morning like, oh, I, I let it down in patience. I let it down in the, the ability to be kind. I let it down in the, in the area of goodness sometimes because we're all on a journey and it takes a lot of energy to get there. And so continually being fed through the Spirit, continually reading the Word of God, continually coming into this house and being encouraged by one another and by the Word that's shared by whoever it is. And there was some amazing messages by Matt Sibley. I listened to some of those podcasts too. Like there's amazing people in here that are feeding us and so this fruit that's in our lives, we're like, oh, we're letting it short. It's not too big yet. We'll grow over a long period of time. Another thing, and uh, this is only mature fruit reproduces. Right? If I take an apple off the tree before it's mature, one, it's not going to taste good. And two, if I put those seeds in the ground, it's not going to grow. And so if you are in here and you've got a family and you want your fruit to overflow into their life, there's a certain level of maturity that you need to have there's a certain amount of growing up that needs to happen. And so there's a, there's a level of grace here, right? If you've been in church one, two, three, maybe years, okay, there's a level of grace there for you. If you've been in church, and I might offend people here, but that's okay because I'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, if you've been in church or around God in any way for 30, 40 years of your life and you're still acting like someone who's been here for a year, then that's not mature fruit yet. The reproduction in your family is not going to happen until we have this growing in the spirit. And uh, I, have the, I have the ability to offend you and then leave tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll address that in just a moment. And then, and then the only thing that's on, it says the fruit, and I like this version because it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. And I believe it talks about it as a whole. I don't believe love and peace and patience are separate. I believe it's one fruit and it, and it allows us to act in these ways. Um, but you know, well-tended fruit versus accidental fruit are two different things. We live in a part of the country where there are accidental apple trees and there are accidental blackberries and things like that on the side of the road. I tell you, what, you can find fruit on it, but you've got to look hard. And it's accidentally there. It's grown up. It's happened. And uh, Brownie talked about it in, in prayer this morning. And I encourage you just like to get along to prayer. It's a place where we can to, to develop fruit and, and faithfulness in our life. And it's an extra excuse to pray to God. Who doesn't need another excuse to to pray to God in our lives. And so um, he was talking about like the, the tree that ends up in the middle of the field and it doesn't have much water and it, it struggles and it, it'll produce fruit, but the fruit isn't as good as the tree that's planted near the stream, that's planted in the water. Um, and so if you tend, and, and we live in a region, like our region, we get about 300 mils of rain a year. 
And I know up here, having lived here for 30 years of my life, you can have that in one afternoon. And so we have to irrigate, we have to fertilise, we have to do all these things, and you get this massive fruit. Who knows, that tree would grow anyway, and spiritual fruit grows in our life anyway. As I said, as long as we're in Christ, spiritual fruit is coming to the forefront. But if we tend that and we do everything possible to, to, to help that thing grow and help that thing come up, then it's obviously going to be a better, more delicious, wow. more fruitful. It's going, to, it's going to look better. It's going to appeal better. It's going to smell better. It's going to taste better if we do a little bit of work. So I want to talk about um, these few things, um, and I want to talk about tending, how we can tend uh, when it comes to faithfulness. And so now we move on to faithfulness. And I'm sorry if I'm talking so loud. I've got so much to get into the next 10 minutes. It's going to be a long and a quick journey. But if, but if you need clarification on anything, please talk to me afterwards. I'm happy to elaborate. I'm happy to, to talk more with you on these topics. But um, we bring to faith and faithfulness. And so there's a difference. And we can't get this confused because often we think of faith and we think of faithfulness as being the exact same thing. And while one leads to the other, they're two different things. Because today I can say to you, I have faith in Jesus Christ. And many of you would say, I have faith in Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean I'm faithful to Jesus Christ, right? There's two different things there. You can't be faithful without having faith in something, but you can have faith and not be faithful with it. And so faith is the belief and the assurance of God's word and all that he has done and will do, whereas faithfulness is living in accord with that truth. In other words, faith is the start point, and that leads to a life of faithfulness. You can't be faithful to Christ without having faith in Christ. Um, I, I've never, you know how we're saying in society that the, the, the word of Jesus and everything is being taken out of these areas, it's taken, they're trying to take it out of schools, they're taking it out of every area, and I thought, well, they're probably going to take it out of the dictionary soon, and, uh, and I was thinking about, like, how, how does that stay in there, and then I looked up this, looked up this word, faithfulness, and the first thing it says is, see faithful. And it says that ness is the, 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 the act of being faithful. Like ness is a, a thing that goes on there and it says you've got to be this. And then so I looked up faithful and these are going to come up on the screen. This is what the dictionary said about faithful and I don't think it describes Jesus any better than any other word in the dictionary. And look with me, this, this is no word of lie. This is how it was written with the brackets and everything. And the first one, and Gavin will have this up on the screen, it says steadfast in affection or allegiance. And then brackets it said a faithful friend. Is that Jesus? The next one was firm in adherence to promise or observance of duty. And it said a faithful employee, and I added servant there. Is that not Jesus? Yeah. Given with strong assurance. In other words, a faithful promise. We have a faithful promise, don't we? A promise that God's going to work for good. That when we run the race, that God's going to do something amazing in our lives and the lives of people around us that he's going to bring redemption to the earth, that there's going to be a new heaven, that there's going to be all these amazing things installed. Uh, we're going to see the harvest. There's going to be people saved. There's all these amazing promises going to come to be part. And then the final one was true to the facts, to a standard or to the original, and that's a faithful copy. And that's on our path, to be a faithful copy of who Jesus is, to, to live up to a standard. To be, and I was like, well, then I can just, that's, that's it, faithfulness done. We'll just hand it over and walk off the stage, right? That's what faithful means. To be faithful is to be steadfast. It's to, to be observant of duty. It's to give something with strong assurance. It's to, to be of a standard or to be a copy, to be a faithful copy of the original. 
And so we're going to turn to, that's sort of what the dictionary said, and I was like, that encompasses God quite well. We'll look to what the Bible says about faithfulness. And so I've got to change my Bible over here. And we're going to look at Matthew 25, 14 to 30. And so we're looking um, in this scripture here. This, I've heard this said a lot of times, and most of the time it's in context. And it says, uh, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Servant, okay, we'll do that again. Well done, good and faithful servant, right? And so many of us think, okay, at the end of our lives, do you want to, be, do you want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Is there anyone in the room that wants to hear, oh, you did a mediocre job, evil and unfaithful servant? Anyone? No, okay, so we all want to hear these words, good and faithful servant. What is a good and faithful servant? And so often I hear that in a message, and that's the only part of it they preach, and most of the time they mean the right thing, and we kind of gather the right thing, but I think for meaning's sake, he's saying good and faithful servant. We need to read this, set of, this passage and actually look at at who God calls the faithful. Like I said, there might be some things in here. I, I, at this moment, I just want to pray, God, that, uh, that it be your word that's spoken above mine, that if there's any conviction to come in this place, it'll be through your whole Holy Spirit moving in. If there's dry zones in our lives, if there's areas of our life where we can't see what's going on, where we can't tell what's going on, Lord, enlighten us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I also want to say I've called this sermon Doing the Time. Can we say doing the time? Because faithfulness is faith worked out over a long time. And um, sometimes just sticking with it long enough actually leads to amazing things happening in your life. And before we read this scripture, just one story I remember, and there'll be a few people in this room that were part of this. When I was about 20, 19, we used to get together and we'd all throw in $10 each and we'd have a night where we'd play poker. And we weren't gambling, we were just playing poker and the, the jackpot at the end was whoever came first, second, just got a bit of money. And um, I believe Damon was probably part of that up on the sound desk back in the day. Oh, he doesn't know. But uh, we, we'd go out and there'd be like 10, 12 of us out at someone's house and we were playing. And, um, you know, it would, it would start at 6 in the night and then it would get to 12 at night and then it would get to 2 in the morning and it would get to 4 in the morning. You know, because the game wasn't moving fast, most people just gave up. And so if you wanted to get that first prize, it wasn't about being able to play the game. It was about being faithful and staying the longest. We had to do the time, and so often, I, I, being a teenager, late 20s, having nothing to do, just being at Bible college, I was able to stay up all night. So often I got one of the prizes just because I played safe and, and stayed the time. But doing the time, I thought that was a story I should share. It wasn't in my notes, but it was, it was, it was our version of dinner parties, um, getting together and seeing who could, like, look, there was 10 people there, and it was only, ten, like, first prize was only 20 bucks anyway, but... Again, I was a Bible college student. Um, <laughs> it says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. Everyone say a long trip. He called together his servants and he entrusted his money to them. Sorry, Siri, I'm not talking to you. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave one five bags of silver. He gave two bags to another and one to the final. Uh, dividing it into proportions to their abilities. He then left on his long trip. The servant who received five, and we know what happens, he invested it and he made five more uh, for time's sake. Um, the servant who had two, he invested, he made two more. The servant that only had one, he thought, oh, my master, oh, my master, he's a hard man. Oh, he's going he's gonna to come back and if I lose his money, if I do anything with it, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. So he buried it and just kept it. 
And so it says, after a long time, and this is in verse 19, the master returned. Again, say long time. time. Doing the time, after a long time. It doesn't specify how long, but after a long time. Good and faithful servant after a long time. He called them to give an account. And the servant who had five bags came back with five more and said, Master, you gave me five and I invested it and I have five more. And the master was full of praise. (laughs) Well done, my good and faithful servant. You took the stuff I gave you and you made more. What an amazing... It says he was full of praise. He was ready to just celebrate this guy like he had five. You got five more. That makes ten in total. Man, let's go off. Let's celebrate. And the words he says here is, uh, you have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more rewards? No. I'll give you many more things to lord it over in your life. I'll give you more control now. I'll give you more responsibilities. Hey, you had five and you made it ten. Next time I'm giving you ten, you better make twenty. They went and they celebrated together. The servant who received the two bags, same thing. Doubles the money, comes back. Good and faithful servant. They celebrate. You know, you made something of what you were given. Let's celebrate together. And then the final servant comes along and he says, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. I knew that you were going to, like, if I lost this money, I was as good as dead. So instead I buried it so at least I can give you back your money. And he goes, well, the least you could have done was gone and invested it in a bank. Who knows, you don't get much back from a bank, but at least you get something when we're talking about money. So the least you could have done with the little bit I gave you was you could have done the basic thing, right? God has given each and every one of us life. God has given us each and every one of us breath. God's given almost all of us the ability to shake a hand. And so maybe the least thing you can do is shake someone's hand when it comes to serving God. But we, if all we ever do is, that, is sit back and wait for someone else to do the work, then the work never happens. And so I'm not against spending hours and hours praying. I'm not against, in fact, that's good for you. That is really good for you. That's like good, better for you than most physical exercise, spending hours praying, praying in tongues, uh, reading your Bible, um, you know, getting together and praying the Word of God. But it says that this guy knew what his servant was like, and we know what our God's like. But unless we act out and actually do something with those prayer meetings, unless we do something with um, the, oh, God, I pray you work through my life, unless we step out and actually do something, then we just knew who our master was, but we never even did the least with it. Again, I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone in here. I hope I'm not. But sometimes we need a, a, a good kick in the butt, right? Sometimes we need a, a bit of offense. And so we look at this story, more responsibility. And I, I come to this conclusion, I think, well, it's a parable, and it's obviously something that Jesus is using to teach us. I'm like, so next time around, if the parable was repeated with the guy that's got five, would he now get ten? And would he have to double it? Would the guy that's got two now got the opportunity for five and double that? We don't even know the story of of these two that are in the parable, had they done this repeated process over time and been proven faithful again and again and again? We don't know. But we've got to make sure we do the least. And so if you're, if you're lucky enough, like Ed said before, a lot of people struggle to find friends. But if you find someone who's even a candidate for being a friend, be a faithful friend. Be someone who gives everything you've got to that friendship. If you're lucky enough to have a spouse, give everything to that person and have them give everything to you and be a faithful spouse. If you're lucky enough, and I believe each and every one of us in the room, to be in a God-fearing church that loves people and has a vision to see amazing things happen, grace the nations to, uh, you know, raising generations, reaching nations. I don't live in a different nation. I live halfway across our nation. It feels like a different nation sometimes. They speak differently. They have some different ideals. 
to me. But I was raised up in this house to be a blessing for the generations, to be a blessing for all different nations and different places. So if you're, if you're lucky enough to be in a church, and I believe well, each and every one of you that's God-fearing, then serve it faithfully. When I say serve faithfully, I, I, I'm not saying you're, ser- you're not serving Pastor Ed. At the end of the day, no matter what you think, you're not serving Pastor Ed. Whatever you, at the end of the day, you're not serving this building. You're serving God. And when you're serving God and you see God in someone else and you shake their hand, you're serving God. And so it doesn't matter what kind of thing you think about me. It doesn't matter what you think about anyone else on the team. It doesn't matter what you think about your pastor or anything like that. You're serving God by being faithful and serving God in his church. And so that leads me on to, I was asked to talk about faithfulness and I was part of this church for 15 years through a lot of different things, through thick and thin, whichever way you want to see that. Thick might have been the good thing, but thick also might have been the bad thing. You can see it how you want, but through thick and thin I stayed in this church and there's two things, I was discussing this with Pastor Ed last Sunday afternoon when we went out and had a talk. There was two things that I came back to that had this stickability that allowed me to do the time. And the first one I'm going to teach you through the word in the, uh, the Bible uh, about a woman, uh, a woman that had an issue of blood. And so we know that faith leads to faithfulness. And so this is just one example of faith, but it was something in my life that I was able to go, okay, every part of my life from this day forward when I got a revelation was I'm going to repeat this act of faith and make it faithfulness on my part. So I just need to find the scripture here, and it's in Luke 8, 43 to 48. Oh, wrong one. All right. Is it on the screen there, Gav? A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could not find a cure. In some versions, it says uh, she had the issue of blood. And that word issue is important in just a moment. Coming out behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. That's a miracle, isn't it? Who touched me, Jesus asked in the crowd. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me. And it says that, uh, For I felt healing power coming out of me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she pretty much confessed to being the one to touch Jesus. And so Jesus said to her, I think it's the next verse over, so the whole crowd heard her explaining everything and then that she'd been immediately healed. And Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. And so in my life, I read this early on as a teenager and I thought she submitted her issue of blood to Jesus. More than anything else, she submitted an issue. It could have been an issue of anything. It could have been an issue of my marriage. It could have been an issue of my, of my children aren't behaving. It could be an issue of um, I, I feel anxious and I feel anxiety. I have fear. She submitted an issue to the feet of Jesus and she was healed. And so something that's got me through is just letting Jesus, just in every area of my life, when I got married, I said, God, I'm going to bring the issue. And remember, in society now, we think issue is something bad. It's our problem. But an issue, you have a magazine that puts out an issue because it's something of importance that needs to be put out there, put forth. And so an issue is just something of importance to be put forth. And so I said, well, when it comes to my marriage, I'm just going to crawl through the crowd no matter what people are saying. I'm going to to come along and I'm going to touch that on the hem of Jesus. 
and I'm going to see healing in my marriage before it even... Even if there's no problem in my marriage, I want to see healing in that marriage. I want to see healing for the arguments that I get into eight, nine years later right now over little things that don't even matter, right? But because I've submitted it to Jesus over the long run, I can be faithful and go, actually, no, this, I've submitted this moment to the feet of Jesus. And so living faithful for me, being a faithful person, is always being submitting all those things to the hem of Jesus. Touch every part of our lives. And the second story and the second thing that I thought of as soon as Ed asked me, to speak on faithfulness was uh, in Matthew, 12, uh, Matthew 15, 22 to 28. And uh, for time's sake, I won't read this whole thing. And it's about the Gentile woman who came to Jesus, pleading, Jesus, have mercy on me. And it says, but Jesus gave her no reply. And uh, it goes on to say that uh, Jesus had this moment where he said, um, is it fair to give? Is it fair to give to the dogs? Is it fair to? Um, is it fair to minister to people? I came to minister to the Jews. I'm not here to minister to a Gentile woman. And she said, even the dogs eat scraps from the master's table. And if you read this story in your own time, I don't believe Jesus was calling her a dog. I don't for a second believe that. I believe he was. This whole thing is an illustration to the disciples to say, wake up to yourselves. We're all one kind of person. We're not individual. But for someone looking at the outside of this conversation, there was three times where she could have got offended and she could have just said, well, I'm out of here, Jesus. I came to get my daughter healed and you just ignored me? I don't believe Jesus was doing that, but from a, from a human perspective, it looks like someone's being ignored. And then it looks like Jesus is actually going to agree with the disciples when they say, send her away, she's being noisy. But she stays. And she gets offended again, and she gets offended again, gets offended again. And you know what Jesus says at the end of the day? Your faith has made your daughter well. Yeah. And so my, my, my first point, and I don't even believe I said it, I'll come up on the screen, is um, bring your issues to Jesus. So bring your issues. And my second one is get offended. Do you want to hear that when you come to church, get offended? Get offended. The only way to grow in your faithfulness is to get offended along the way. And, and I'll say this funny at the beginning. If I get up in the morning and I walk into my bathroom and I get on my scales and I see numbers on that scales that offend me, I can either get off that and go up and ignore that offence and walk away. Life will be fine. I've just ignored that offence. I've walked away. I can sit there and say, oh, I've got to do something about this. I've got to do something about this. And it actually changes my life. Or the other option, which we see in society, and this is the funny one, and it's comical. I pick up those scales and go, you must be wrong, and I throw you on the ground, and I stamp on you. I go out and buy another one, and guess what? The next one says it's wrong too, and I stamp on it, and I throw it down, and I just keep getting offended. But who... I didn't let the offense actually change me, or I didn't let it wash off me. And so I'm saying, when you're in church for long enough, when you're faithful to God for long enough, you will get offended, and you've got to either let it learn to let it wash off you, or you've got to learn to let it change you. Because it's not like being offended at someone is not going to change the other person. I'm sorry, if you're offended at me today, it's not going to... I'm in the car tomorrow, I'm gone. Like, I'm not thinking about that. I'm moving. Like, the, the only one that can grow out of that offense is you. And so when God offends you, well, God does it beautifully, right? I can say something gently. I can say something so soft and it still offends you. God comes in and literally, I've heard people say this, oh, I was sitting there on the toilet and God has hit me and I'm like, oh... My whole life's changed. He hits you really hard and you don't get offended at God, but you get offended at people when they try and be soft. And so I think 
something we need to push across is we have faithfulness to God and that's not an issue, but faithfulness to one another is something that we can all struggle with quite often. And so being faithful to one another in the church, and Ed said it beautifully before when he said, like, serving, like, there's a heart of serving in here, but like with everything else, if we don't cultivate that, if we don't move that into something else, if we don't tend that, if we don't submit that to the, the feet of Jesus and say, hey, God, where do you want me to serve? Jesus, where do you want me to serve? Spirit that's producing fruit in me, where can I show love? Where can I show joy? Where can I be more patient? Can I be more patient in the car park and give someone else the car park and walk around the corner? Can I be more uh, patient when it comes inside and instead of getting annoyed at the loud music or something like that, can I actually go and offer to help serve on the team? Not so that you can change the music, so that you can understand why it's loud. So you can understand why this presence is being in here. Like, touch Jesus and Jesus will reveal things to you. Another thing is get offended because when you're offended, you either have to change or you have to walk away. That's it. You, You change or you walk away. And so if you think for a second that me in this church for 15 years, I didn't get offended with quite a few of you over quite a few things, and that Ed and I didn't have run-ins over things, then you, you, you're living in a fairy world. Right? There were many times. And so in those times, I had to come back and submit it to Jesus. I had to come back and, and I had to tend the garden and say, okay, my faithfulness is my longevity. My faithfulness is doing the time. How do I do the time? The first thing I want to look at is, is how did other people do the time? How did other people stay faithful? I want to eat of their fruit. And so I look at people in this room, and I'm not going to say a lot of names because I'll miss some, but I look at people like Adrian and Cassie, who've been in this church a lot longer than me. And I was able to, in my hard times, when I was getting offended, or I might have been getting a bitter, or I might have been thinking, well, why me? Woe's me. I was sitting there going, but they stuck it through. I want to eat of their faithful fruit. And so their faithfulness to the house of God as a pillar led to me being faithful in the house of God. You know, Brownie and Marilyn... There's other people that have been here for longer than me. There's so many people in this room, and it's great to see you, to have people here that stuck the distance. And so I'm eating their fruit, and I'm going, well, this is how I now stick the distance. But if you want to be someone that shows other people how to be faithful, how to be faithful in marriage, faithful at work, faithful with your kids, faithful in serving the house of God, faithful in, in doing the things of God, you've got to stick through it. You've got to, you've got to find that point where it's like, wash this off me, Jesus. Or work it out in me because I need to for the long run, for the sake of my kids, for the sake of my church. Jesus said, how will they know? You know oh, so we look at a verse and I'm not sure exactly where it is, but he said, you know, they will know me by the way you love one another. It wasn't they will know me by the love I've shown you and then you show them that same love. It says oh, they will know me by the love you show one another by the, the faithful love, by spreading joy, peace, being patient, you know, being gentle, being kind, being good, having self-control when you want to say something. You want to say that thing? I so want to say that, Michaela. I to- uh, no. I so want to say that, Ed. I so want to say that, God. But you hold back your tongue. And you're faithful because you're doing the time. You're not getting offended. And you're not, you're not letting the things of the world determine. You're not letting those people that are in the way of Jesus determine what you think about any aspect of your life. Last thing, and I'll have the team come quickly. And we'll pray in just a moment.
Is there anyone that's like a little bit offended in here right now? No? Okay, that's good. That's good. I need to go harder, don't I? <laughs> I need to work a lot harder. Going back to Matthew 25. Let me look at verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, all the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a, separate, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones, so the ones that are righteous, will reply, Lord, when? In other words, the faithful, the righteous, the faithful. We can interchange that word there. They'll reply, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king on that humbling day will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. My brothers and sisters. Who do we consider our brothers and sisters? I think um, Michaela was sharing with us, when I was reading this to Michaela, Michaela shared with me, she said, like, there's, there's people in our town back home. She catches up with women that are part of our church and women that aren't part of our church. And she said she'll call the women that are part of our church sister and often doesn't really call the women that are outside the church Sister, And I'm, I believe this verse is talking about absolutely everyone, but I think foremost, the least of these is the least of these. And I'm saying that all of us are the least of these. And so if we want to be faithful and we want to see God's righteousness worked out in our life, we want to see, we want to get to the end of our race and be called good and faithful servant, I think it starts with serving the least of these, with serving one another. And that means turning up to a dinner party. You say, how, how does that... Because turning up to a dinner party might make someone else stick in the dinner party long enough to get their blessing. Just being somewhere might be enough that someone stays faithful. Like I said, when I had hard times, there were people that had stuck it out longer than me and I was able to look to them and go, they must have done something. I don't know what it was, but there must have been something that kept them here and that thing's going to keep me here. And so I'm not moving, I'm not shifting, I'm not leaving, I'm not doing anything unless God tells me to do it. So even, the, even the, 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 the move we made across the country, I was like, God, is this really you? I, I questioned it to the point where I like, it almost felt like God had to put COVID out there for the whole world to experience just to wake me up to God. I've got something that I need you to shift into, whether it's for a season or whether it's for a long time, because I was so faithful to my church and so faithful to my pastor and so faithful to the team and so faithful to everyone in this church. I was like, God, you better be telling me absolutely everything is a go, 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 because I'm not moving until you say go. And so in our marriages, there better, there better be nothing moving you out of your marriage until something says go, go, go. But you know what? There's not much in the Word of God that says go, go, go when it comes to your marriage. So if you submit that to Jesus, it's like we're going to work through absolutely everything. I'm going to do absolutely everything in my life to do that. And so when you come to a dinner party, when you come to prayer on a Sunday, when you come to church consecutively over and over again, it shows someone else that, hey, I can stick through this. I can be faithful. It allows them to touch the feet of Jesus because who knows it's easier to touch the feet of Jesus when you're in the middle of the crowd than if you're cut off and you're isolated. We talked, you talked about that during Vision Cast. The isolation is this thing where people just, 
weird stuff happens in isolation, right? We, know, we just spent two and a half years in isolation. Weird stuff happened in isolation. Be there for someone else so no one else gets cut off. The fruit of the Spirit is not for you. The fruit of the Spirit is for someone else. That fruit is out for someone else that's there at that dinner party. Someone else here on a Sunday that needs a shake of a hand. Someone else here on a Sunday that uh, they don't know the words of the songs, so they need it on the screen, and so someone needs to get up. And, and I'll, I'll do this on behalf of every pastor. I've never gone into a single church ever where they didn't need more help with something. And so if you can help with something, you're not, like I said, you're not serving Ed. You are serving the vision of this house, but the vision of this house, it aligns with the things of God. You're serving one another. Every area of our life submitted to the feet of Jesus so that we would remain faithful that we would do the time, that we would get offended over and over and over again, but we would stay here, we would stay planted, that we would move only on God's watch when it comes to a brother or sister. And maybe they keep giving us serpents in life. Well, I heard this quote, you know, if someone's only got serpents to give and they give you a serpent, then that's generosity on their part. There's, there's people in our lives where like, oh, our life would be easy without them. Be a faithful friend. Begin to see them through the lens of Jesus. Be faithful. Be faithful to the church. Be faithful to God. Be faithful. And you know what? It'll send you places you never thought you'd go. It'll see things happen in your life. People go, well, why, why have you got such beautiful kids, three beautiful kids? Why have you got, you know, years' worth of work and you've only been in an area for two years? Why, is, why does everything seem joyful? Why can you have fun in every moment, Cody? Well, because I was faithful. I stuck it through. I said, God, I just want to, I just want to keep going. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you then you know, there's, like, there's too many things not to be thankful in my life. So I have to say, whenever I, if I wrote a list of things to be thankful, there'd be so many. Ten years ago, maybe it would have been half. Five years before that, it might have been two. But faith, sticking, doing the time, and God always proves Himself faithful. And so we, as a copy of Christ, a faithful copy of Christ, we stick. We do the time and we prove ourselves faithful by the fruit of the Spirit. Thank you. Lord God, we thank you so much. Your presence would come in right now. Reveal to us how we need to learn. Reveal to us the ways that we need to change, Lord. Open our eyes to the offenses that come. Some of us, Lord, need to be offended more. A dangerous prayer. Lord, I thank you so much. We are a faithful church. The church of Christ is your faithful servant and we will outlive that. We will show the world your love by loving one another, by serving one another, by being faithful to each other, God. I, I, I thank you for my journey. I thank you for the, the stories 10, 15, 20 years from now of people that have stuck it out against all odds. People who did the time, people who played the game long enough that they won. Maybe it's by default but maybe they won because they invested, they tended, they, they made something amazing out of what you've given. For the person that has the least gifts in this room, Lord, I say you multiply that. For the person who has the most gifts, you continue to multiply that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Ed. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.